Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. It is the 9th of January at 3.23 p.m. And welcome to the show. You know, the Canadian government uh, not backing down on vaccines for truckers. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a fine weekend, a fine Sunday out there across Canada, here in North America, and whatever time of day it is where you are listening to the Truckers Podcast. I hope, too, that you are enjoying your day, whether it's the next day, it's in the Monday already. You know, I still hope that you are out there and you're enjoying your day. Now, I was on here, oh gosh, late last night and um, talking about a few things. But um, now, anyways, I did mention to you that I was waiting for a PCR test uh, to come back from the health unit here in Ontario. Um, which I had that PCR test done uh, Friday afternoon. So, and I'm not surprised, uh, ladies and gentlemen, with the test result. Um, I tested positive uh, for COVID. Now, I have been home since the 31st of December and since you know living in a residence that you know two other people you know one person tests positive for COVID that means I got to isolate as well in which I did but you know throughout last week and everything I had you know symptoms you know, like you would generally have from a cold. And that um, I did do a rapid test last Wednesday. I tested negative. And then somebody else in the household tested positive. And, you know, kind of still, you know, not feeling all that great. You know, um, I was able to get a PCR test because I am an essential caregiver as well so those test results come back i got them today and i have tested positive for covid 19. so i'm feeling pretty good you know um, i have a sore throat i'm congested i don't have a fever i don't have a headache i don't have any other you know symptoms but the fact remains is, you know, the PCR test is, you know, like probably 90% accurate. So here I am. Now I have to, 
isolate again for another five days. So not really happy about that, but that's just the way it is, you know. Um, now, throughout this 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 course of, of this pandemic, um, with our frontline workers, um, including truckers who have been crossing the United States and Canadian land border throughout this whole pandemic, making sure that the goods and services are being provided. Now, it wasn't that long ago, you know, after, you know, the Canadian government government opened up their land border. Um, it was back last August um, to the United States. The U.S. government kept their land border closed until it was like November when the Americans opened up the land land border to Canada. And then, you know, really both governments say, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well and, and stuff like that. So um, talking about, you know, a little bit with Canada in the United States when it comes to our land borders, you know, and when they were uh, reopened, uh, Canadians could uh, cross into the United States via land and Americans could cross into Canada via the land borders. So that was like August of 2021 when uh, the Canadian government, the federal government opened up the land borders to Americans. And it wasn't until November when um, the Americans opened up the land border to Canadians, of course, to fully vaccinated um, individuals on either side of the border. And that prompted a discussion about whether or not they were going to mandate that um, truckers who cross back and forth between Canada and the United States um, to be fully vaccinated. So the Canadian government and the United States government decided that they are going to mandate this. Now, the trucking industry has been calling on the government to back off of this mandate. Truckers and other essential workers have been crossing the, the land borders since day one of this pandemic. You know, especially in the trucking industry, we got to keep the goods and services moving. So now, Canada um, is, is resisting the pressure to drop the, uh, the vaccine mandate for the cross-border truckers. Now, me being a, a transport truck driver, I do not cross the border between Canada and the United States. I haven't done that for some years now. But for the ones that do, the Prime Minister of Canada is pushing ahead 
with a vaccine mandate for international truckers, despite increasing pressure from critics who say, well, it will exacerbate driver shortage and drive up the price of goods imported from the United States. We have a shortage in this industry, and we've always had a shortage in this industry. And this is already showing signs that it's going to, you know, drive more shortages up because truck drivers, um, and I know of a few of them that, um, not just company drivers, but owner operators have quit. Now, the percentage of that is really unknown at, at this point in time of, of you know, what, you know, um, what is going to be, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, how many drivers are just going to just step away, you know, from the um, industry. So Canada will require all truckers entering from the United States to show proof of vaccination starting on Saturday. So I guess that was yesterday as part of its fight against COVID-19. And that could force some 16,000 or 10% of cross-border drivers off the roads. The Canadian Trucking Alliance estimates the government's estimated about 5% of drivers will be impacted according to the government's source. Now, this mandate, too, is the first policy measure taken since the pandemic began. And the truckers, uh, the trucks have crossed the border freely um, when the borders were closed for 20 months because they were considered essential to keep supply chain follow, uh, flowing. Well, we're not just essential, we're necessary. We're necessary to keep the supply chain going. We're necessary to keep the economy rolling. I mean, you can never imagine if trucks were just to stop. It would just be catastrophic within a few days of what would happen with the supply chain. Now, I don't know if the government is saying this, but they're saying like, we don't anticipate significant disruptions or shortages for Canadians, the source says. <clears throat> Maybe we won't see a significant drop, but we're going to see some changes. Maybe not right away. And, it's, you know, we're going to have to wait to see, you know, how many drivers out there, you know, who cross the border every single day, you know, to keep the supply chain rolling. I know, you know, the company that I drive for, we had a couple owner operators quit. None of our, uh, like the owner operators, none of our company drivers, cause you know, I'm a company driver and we do city, we don't cross border. So it's, that doesn't, you know, affect, affect us. 
Now, the industry groups, and, and it's not just on here in Canada, but also on the American side as well. You know, um, the industry groups um, and opposition party parties are saying it's a bad idea, especially at a time when the Bank of Canada is eyeing its first interest rate increase since October the 18th. Even though the vast majority of Canadian truckers are vaccinated, those who are not are already starting to quit. Adding that the industry is already short some 18,000 drivers here in Canada. And like I said, we've always had a shortage. And it's always been somewhere up around a a shortage of some 18,000 drivers Anyhow, it's almost like it's an industry that really nobody wants to do. You know, people, you know, they want to go from high school. They want to go to college. They want to go to university. They want to wear those. They want to wear the suits to work. They want to wear the white coats to work. They want to sit behind a desk. They don't want to sit behind a wheel of a big rig. So the industry has always, has always had a shortage of, of drivers. But how much more of a spike this is going to bring into the shortage? Well, that's just going to have to be remain to be seen. Now, there's more, like right now, like, you know, more than two-thirds of $650 billion in goods traded annually between Canada and the United States travels on roads more than two-thirds of the 650 billion in goods traded annually between canada and the united states travel on the roads and everybody has been talking about inflation and this is just going to continue to fuel that i don't know if you've seen anything you know the cost of uh, of goods or or even your groceries um, increasing, um, you know, with the, the cost of uh, the rise in insurance, the rise in fuel, um, the rise in wages. And then, you know, are we adding fuel to the fire of saying, yeah, truck drivers now who cross the land borders between Canada and the United States must be fully vaccinated. You know, with with the um, the spread of the Omicron variant, you know, going around Canada, the United States and the world, um, it's really um, affecting um, all sectors in business in the, in the shortage of, um, employees, you know, whether you were still working in the office or you were, uh, working in the grocery store or you're working in the hospitals or long-term care or, uh, retirement homes, whether you worked in warehousing, food processing, uh, the hospitality industry, it is affecting 
everything with shortages of employees because they become infected and they have to isolate. And the list continues to go on. Now, starting the beginning of my show, I talked about being on here um, last night. And um, I told you, if you were listening, if you're on my show last night, I told you that today that I would I would give you my test results that came back from the PCR test that I had gotten on Friday. I tested positive for COVID-19. Now, I have been home since the 31st of December. We had that day off because um, here in Canada, we have a, a, uh, a, uh, a federal holiday um, known as Reconciliation Day um, for the Indigenous people of Canada. But that day was actually in September. But my employer said, well, you know, because it was so sudden that they made this, this new uh, federal holiday that I'll give you guys the 31st off. So I had worked, you know, um, the Tuesday to the Thursday, then I was off. And then um, because I lived with two other people in the household, one test positive for COVID. So that put me into isolation because I was in direct contact with the individual. So Wednesday just passed, you know, I did a rapid test and it said I was negative. But I've had this nagging, you know, kind of cough and sore throat, runny nose congestion, you know, for a little bit of time, for for some time. And then Thursday passed. Another individual in the household did a rapid test. They also tested positive for COVID. So, you know, that prompted me, you know, I'm thinking, shit, I'm already isolating already because one already tested positive. So I called our health unit here in the city and I said, look, I mean, where do I stand here? Like, what, what do I need to do? And you know, telling them, you know, what's going on. And then them asking me, you know, am I eligible for a PCR test? Because here in Ontario, Canada, the only way you're eligible for a PCR test is that if you work in the healthcare system, um, you, you work with, with the, uh, uh, the most vulnerable people, um, you know, retirement homes and nursing homes, an essential caregiver which I am also an essential caregiver. So that made me eligible for the PCR test, which I had done Friday. And I got my test results back today and I'm positive for COVID-19. So it just goes to show you, you know, um, 
I don't, I mean, I don't really go anywhere. I haven't really been going anywhere throughout this pandemic. Um, I have, you know, like a real low volume of, of people um, that I would hang out with because I know they're vaccinated and I know they're following the rules and all the protocols and, you know, um, me going to work, uh, you know, prior before Christmas and everything, you know, doing my job, wearing my mask, keeping away from people, doing everything that I'm supposed to do. It only takes one person. It just takes one to spread this. And even though you're not even showing any symptoms, being asymptomatic or, or whatever the case may be, you spread it. It doesn't necessarily, you know, it could be a carrier, but, you know, most importantly, <clears throat> somebody who is infected and showing signs of having COVID going to spread it. So I had to notify my employer today. I even took a screenshot of the test result and messaged my office manager and showing him the results. I tested positive for COVID-19. Now my, my symptoms um, aren't, um, like a lot of people have been experiencing with headaches, fever, muscle aches, chills, coughing, sore throat, having all of those symptoms and even diarrhea, having all those symptoms. I have a sore throat and a lot of nasal congestion and a cough. And like I said last night, you know, I, my show went for like maybe an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And I really wasn't expecting it to go that long. And then it's like, you know, I really don't want to go into a coughing spell here. So, you know, I think it's a good idea, you know, last night, you know, to end the show because I could really start to feel it, you know, the cough wanting to come on, right? But what do you do? You know, so it doesn't matter, you know, in the trucking industry or whatever industry you work in, it's going through the population vaccinated or not i'm triple vaccinated i got the booster on december the 24th is when i got the booster now i hope it doesn't progress to what it is right now, because I've been feeling these same symptoms for over a week now, or a, a week. 
And I knew there was no way. I knew that there was no possible way that I would test negative being in the same household that two people tested positive. That would just be unheard of. Or that would just be damn lucky. Now, the Canadian Health Ministry did not comment when asked if any accommodations might be made for unvaccinated truckers. You know, never mind the unvaccinated truckers, uh, a member of parliament uh, has uh, asked, you know, the government that we should have more accommodations for people who are not vaccinated. And I say, no, we have accommodated you long enough. We have given you every single opportunity to get vaccinated, whether whether it's been because you've been hesitant or just the plain simple fact that you're an anti-vaxxer. Well, there's no point of even accommodating them because they're just not going to do it anyways. We have accommodated you long enough. You've sat on the fence long enough to decide whether or not you're going to get vaccinated. Being hesitant doesn't make you an anti-vaxxer. It's just you're not sure. But we have given you plenty of time to figure that out. And we've given you plenty of time to talk to, to talk to healthcare professionals in order for you to make a decision. Now, if truckers out there, my fellow truckers out there, if you choose not to be vaccinated, then that's your choice. You can either step away from the industry or find a local job in the trucking industry that you're not crossing the border or find another profession. That's entirely up to you. It doesn't surprise me that, you know, either the Canadian government or the United States government is going to mandate this, even though they both, uh, you know, American truckers who come across the border into Canada and, and, and vice versa, this has been going on, you know, forever. And throughout this whole pandemic, you know, it hasn't, you know, really had um a significant impact on you know goods and services yes drivers have have come down um with covid and that's to be expected and continue to come down potentially with with covid you know crossing back and forth canada in the United States. Now the border agency in response um, said unvaccinated truck drivers who are not Canadian 
um, would be turned back at the border starting on January the 15th, possibly causing delays at the crossing. Canadian drivers will be allowed back into the country, but will be required to quarantine for 14 days. Now, why in the hell would they be required to quarantine for 14 days when the rules specifically state that anybody who tests positive for COVID-19 have to isolate for five days. And on the sixth day, you have to have a negative test in order to return back to work. So Canadian truck drivers will be allowed back into the country, but then they'll have to require to, to quarantine for 14 days. This is the unvaccinated. But it's usually 10 days, they said, as well. So, the, so you know, just let me correct myself here for a second, because it's people who are fully vaccinated can isolate for five days. Unvaccinated, it's 10 days. But they're now saying it's going to be 14 days for truck drivers, for the unvaccinated truck drivers. Vaccinated drivers will be allowed in and allowed to skip a pre-arrival of the, the molecular coronavirus test, that's the PCR, the, um, the agency said. So the vaccinated drivers will be allowed, <clears throat> you know, to do, because right now um, with this pre-arrival, it doesn't matter if you're just going over into the United States to do a day trip, to do shopping, to do some dining. Even those people fully vaccinated only, they still have to, you know, um, uh, go on the the, the Canadian uh, coronavirus app, and they have to fill in all their details, show that they're vaccinated, and um, how long they're going to be, you know, in the United States if that's where they're going, and when they're coming back. Um, you have to do all these things, and you can't skip anything. And that and that goes for anybody who wants who you know who's you know international travel, you know it's the same thing, you know. But you have to be, you know, fully vaccinated. Now, because this pre-arrival, I mean, just to do day shopping in the United States, you have to do this pre-arrival. Everybody. Now, Joe Biden, the president of the United States. Or the, or the administration wants truck drivers um, at companies with 100 or more employees to be vaccinated or submit a weekly testing, a policy that has been challenged in the United States Supreme Court. You know, policies here in Canada, um, when it comes, you know, even with corporations, um, hospitals um, mandating that their employees be vaccinated or um, you'll be suspended for a period of time until you get vaccinated or if you don't meet that deadline when you're to be fully vaccinated you'll be fired and that's happening here across Canada in those instances now,
in November, the price of food brought in brought in Canadian stores increased 4.7% from a year earlier. It was the largest jump in seven years and fresh vegetable prices rose even more due to higher shipping costs. You know, even the company that I work for, you know, we have increased our rates. We have increased our rates because the fuel cost has gone up dramatically. Insurance cost has gone up. Now, with trucking, with the vaccine mandates warning, there was a bigger price for the economy and for the health system if you don't get more people vaccinated now. What we're seeing here, you know, um, right now is that people... You know, and this is, you know, this is just absolutely, you know, in my mind, you know, this is just absolutely um, ridiculous. Um, people are walking away from the Moderna and the pharmacies dealing with canceled booster appointments. Now, the reason what, what is going on here is that the government first announced when they announced, you know, the boosters that, of course, they're going to start with um, the, the most vulnerable, the elderly, um, 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 hospital personnel, whatever, uh, nursing homes, retirement homes, um, to... Um, get a booster. And then the government said, okay, you know, people 50 and up um, will be eligible for the booster. And then it wasn't like two days after that, the government came back and said, okay, anybody 18 years and up is eligible for the booster. Well, what that did was it pushed the appointments like way out. People are waiting for boosters well into February. And then the government of Canada turns around and says, we are going to keep the Pfizer for people ages 5 to 17. Anybody who's going to get the booster is going to be Moderna, whether You've had Pfizer or not. So people, they will go to, <laughs> they'll go book their appointment. And when they arrive for their appointment, they find out they're getting the Moderna as the booster. They walk away. And I'll tell you right now, when I got my booster on the 24th of December, it was Moderna. I've had two Pfizer shots. I didn't care 
what it was, what it was going to be. And, and a matter of fact, I knew going in, I knew going in that my booster would be Moderna. And it didn't bother me one single bit. But people are walking away, finding out that it's going to be Moderna. And even people who haven't even started even to get their vaccine yet, it's going to be Moderna. You are not going to get Pfizer. You know, I, you know, I really don't know what to say about that. You know, it's just absolutely, you know, ridiculous. You know, we have a mass supply, you know, to get people vaccinated, double vaccinated in your booster. Now is the time that you don't pick and choose because you don't have a choice of what you think you should get. It's not like walking into the, the, the candy store and you want Snickers and they only have Mars bars. So you walk out and you're finding that everywhere. Same goes with the vaccines. It's like a little kid being disappointed at Christmas time because he or she didn't get what they wanted. Beggars can't be choosers. This is this is the reality and this is the way it is. Whether people like it or not. People are walking away from Moderna. You know, but one clinic here at the Bingham's Park in Kitchener, where this person is working, said most people accept Moderna as a booster. They're not saying, they're not saying the percentage of people are doing it because they really don't know the percentage yet. I mean, if you are fully vaccinated already and you got the Pfizer, well, consider yourself fully vaccinated. Yes, the booster is available. Yes, you can get the booster. But like I said, it's going to be the Moderna for the booster. So you have a choice. You either get a booster or you don't get a booster. Whatever. And if you're not vaccinated and you're just getting off your ass now to get vaccinated, it's going to be Moderna. That's the way it's going to be. Now, I mean, you know, here across Canada, I mean, it, it, we can't even keep up, um, you know, getting people tested, right? The government, the Canadian government is sending out this month alone, 145 million rapid tests to all the 10 provinces and three, ter- and three territories here in Canada. 145 million rapid tests. And 
And the only people, like I said earlier, the only people that can get the PCR test is people that who, you know, the most most vulnerable people, people who work in the healthcare, essential caregivers are able to, to get the PCR test. With that, we would not be able to even keep up with it. And like I said, from time to time on my show, you know, when you know, if I if I tell you if I tell you today, you know, Ontario, Canada reported seventeen thousand new cases of COVID nineteen. Well, you can double that because we really don't know. What we do know is how many people are in hospital and how many people are in intensive care. I was listening to a doctor this morning, I was watching the news and he was talking about, you know, uh, the case counts that we get on a daily basis. You know, people are saying, well, that's really irrelevant, but he's saying it's really not. You know, it's, it's numbers to go off of, may not be the exact numbers, but it's giving us something. But the real numbers are the people who are ending up in hospital and who are ending up in the intensive care units. That's when the government starts to make changes to what we can and cannot do. Now, I, I, I suspect that, you know, the Ontario government here, uh, Doug Ford, he's the premier of Ontario, um, you know, <coughs> excuse me, that um, they'll probably make an announcement, you know, either tomorrow or tomorrow sometime this week. I don't know, you know, about, um, you know, you know, basically give us an update um, and stuff like that. So um, it really goes to show you you know, here, not just in the province of Ontario, but across Canada, you know, how fragile our healthcare system really is. You know, people from around the world will say, oh, Canada's got a great healthcare system, you know, the universal healthcare and, and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know, when I, when I see a healthcare system that is supposed to be so great you know it's struggling it's at its brink and you know who else is at their brink our nurses are at their brink they're on their last legs here of all the the, the struggles in, in, in tribulations that they've gone through these almost two years of this pandemic and the pressure that we keep applying to our nurses who are standing up and facing this head on and caring for you are at their brink. And it's not just here in Canada, and it's in different states in the United States as well. 
And I got to, and I, I've got to say this, and I'm going to say this, you know, you know, I watch the sporting events, you know, especially right now. I mean, it's, you got, you got football, um, still, I don't know the, you know, the, uh, uh, obviously hockey, the national hockey league, you know, um, the, the National Hockey League in the United States, I mean, you got to be ashamed of yourselves. The owners of these hockey teams, um, you got to be ashamed of yourselves because you are allowing full stadiums, no mask, no social distancing. None of that stuff is going on. And probably a lot of that stuff is not going on um, throughout the United States. And you too are bringing your hospitals, your doctors and your nurses to their knees. If you don't think you are, you need to give your head a shake. You really do. There is a a minister in the United Kingdom. I was reading an article earlier there this morning saying that they need to stop testing They just need to go about your everyday life as though there is no pandemic going on. So no more restrictions. Their health care, their hospitals, their doctors and nurses, nurses are struggling. And it makes me really angry when I hear people putting out misinformation about COVID. You know, you're just absolutely brain dead. It's ridiculous. Now, this doctor in Toronto, I mean, he, he is a, a disease and infectious doctor. And he's with the Department of Medicine at the University of Toronto. And he says, while we're, we've seen certainly lowered barriers to vaccinations, we have a ton of vaccinations in this country. I don't think we've enrolled the support of behavior change experts and social scientists enough to really help get the number of people who remain unvaccinated vaccinated. So the support of the behavioral change and the the behavior in general. I mean, you can't tell me, you know, for instance, here in Canada, the the anti-vaxxers. These people have been vaccinated. And I'll tell you how. When they were children, in order to go to a public school or a Catholic school or a private school in this country, you had to go through a series of vaccines being a kid before you even started school. The only difference now is that they're their children in grown-up bodies 
throwing their tantrums that they don't want to get vaccinated. When they've had all the vaccines that were necessary back when they were kids. And somehow they now, you know, being this child in this adult body, you know, pushing back. Oh, I'm not getting vaccinated. You know, I can finally make up my goddamn mind and hell with it. Who's driving the hospitalizations? Unvaccinated people. Anti-vaxxers. Are driving the cases up in the hospitals and the ICUs. Yes, there are some people in there who are vaccinated and who are in the hospital. This virus affects many people in many different ways. Not everybody has all the same kind of symptoms and not everybody all feels the same. Like I'm telling you, I tested positive for COVID. I have a sore throat. I have nasal congestion. I have a cough. Those are my symptoms. I had the PCR test done on Friday. I got my results today and I'm positive. I don't have to have a headache. I don't have to have a fever. I don't have to have body aches. I don't have to have the chills to test positive for COVID-19. I'm fully vaccinated and I have the booster. Now I have to stay home for another week. Self-isolate. Because two other people, you know, in the household tested positive. How would I not test positive? There's no way out of that. Now I'm sitting up here in my little makeshift studio that I have with my laptop, my monitor, my interface and my microphone and my headphones, and I'm sitting up here talking to you. Vaccines work. And like I said a few minutes ago, it just angers me with the with the sporting world, and especially in the United States, where you have full arenas. Here in Canada, yeah, we reduced capacity. We went as far as reducing it down down to a thousand people for for sporting events. But the owners of the hockey teams up here in the National Hockey League and the in the National Hockey League here in Canada, there are no fans in the stands. We have closed our gyms. We have closed our cinemas. We have lowered capacities in grocery stores 
in the shopping malls and other non-essential services, depending on how big your space is. You know, for instance, one shopping mall here in the city, you know, holds 10,000 people where they're down to 5,000 people. But if I could, but I can't, if I went to the shopping mall, you could fire a cannon in that place and, and not hit a damn thing. I think everybody's all shopped out from over the Christmas holidays and in the Boxing Week sales and, and everything else going on. You know, because our premiere, you know, like something like three weeks ago or like, yeah, maybe even four weeks ago now is saying that, you know, you know, shutting down the economy is not an option. We even have, we even closed our schools. Kids are doing online learning once again. This is one week now that has gone by. The school is going to start back on the 5th. And then the government two days prior to that said, no, we're going to extend it to January the 17th for online learning. We even turned around and we're now um, putting teachers and support and, and uh, support staff giving them fir first picks on vaccine dates to get vaccinated. And for those teachers out there who haven't gotten vaccinated, I don't know why the government didn't mandate it that all teachers to be vaccinated. The government here in Canada, in the province of Ontario said, you know, the, the school should be the first to open and the last to close. Kids need to stay in the classroom. Before the Christmas break, we had several schools, several schools in this province shut their doors before Christmas because of the outbreaks. Before the Christmas break. And throughout, and, and throughout this, this whole thing, I mean, you know, last year in 2021, you know, the kids didn't finish this whole school year. They didn't get back to school after the March break. They stayed out of school. We can't keep doing this, ladies and gentlemen. We just can't. If they want the kids back in school on, on January the 17th, then mandate it. You make it mandatory. Whether the teachers union likes it or not, I mean, they're calling on kids to get back. Oh, the teachers union, that's another story. You know, God forbid, you know, the government turned around and mandated that teachers are going to have to be vaccinated. You know, the teachers union is going to push back. Because that's what unions do. Big corporations, hospitals. 
Nursing home retirement homes have mandated that their employers be vaccinated, that their employees be vaccinated, everybody be vaccinated. So why not teachers? And of course, kids can get COVID because they are getting COVID. Last week, there was an, uh, a neighbor here in our neighborhood was on Facebook because we've had a shortage of, of um, the rapid test and asking anybody in the neighborhood if, if they had a rapid test because their child wasn't feeling well. We had some on hand and said, yes, come down here and get it. I haven't heard whether their child tested positive for COVID or not, but, you know, help out a little bit, you know, so children, you know, are getting COVID. It's not just people who are, you know, it's not, you know, teenagers and people are in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, you know, whatever, ending up in the hospital. Kids are ending up in the hospital. And that, you know, every child in this country from the age of five and up are eligible to be vaccinated. And if they want these schools back in on the 17th, and that is going to be the date, and and the way things are going right now, I highly don't think that's going to happen. My opinion, I think it'll be extended another two weeks right to the end of January. 2,500 people in hospitals, over 500 in the ICU. I don't see the schools returning on January the 17th here in this province anyways. The rest of the province around Canada, who knows? There's no excuse, not anymore, to not be vaccinated. Just isn't. Anti-vaxxer or hesitant, whatever the case may be, there's no more excuses. We've accommodated you enough. The government has, and you know what, and just, you know, society and those of us who are are vaccinated you know had enough of your bullshit quit being a baby and get vaccinated do yourself a favor do your loved ones a favor and get the jab. And for those who out there who listen to conspiracy theories, you need to stop it. You really need to stop. Honestly. I mean, if, if you're that, 
if you're that light-minded and you're you're easily drawn in to that kind of bullshit you need to get your head examined you honestly do and and, and you let these people just feed you the bullshit and and somehow you believe it i don't even know how that works I'm not naive, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that right now. There's absolutely no way, no how, that those sort of people could draw me in and have me believe the bullshit that spews out of their mouth. And that brings me to Donald Trump. How in the fucking world can you actually believe the bullshit spewing out of his mouth? I can't wait to hear what he's going to say on January the 15th in Arizona. The bullshit that he's going to spew to his followers because he's like, Donald Trump is just like the, the king of all cult leaders. And he's able to draw you in and he's able to have you believe that your elections were stolen. And you saw what happened last year on January the 6th, the insurrection at the Capitol in Washington. Are you kidding me right now? I've never seen anything so ridiculous in all my life. And I'm Canadian. And we live next door to you. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to come out here and listen to the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday as I'm going to do the same, even though I tested positive for COVID and I got to self-isolate. I'm still going to enjoy my day. I am not going to let this, let it get me down because I'm just not that kind of a person just to be pulled down and and held down and sit around and mope and complain because I got COVID because I don't do that. It is what it is. I will recover and my life will go on. So enjoy your day and thank you. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Take care, everybody.